Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Welcome back, everyone, to The Dwell Podcast. Uh, This is your host, Natalie Abbott, and today we are talking about our verse um, from Mark 9, 24b, which is, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And on our show today is Whitney Lowe, who is, uh, she does Scribble Devos. And for those of you who are not on Instagram, first off, you need to be on Instagram. Second (laughs) off, you need to follow Scribble Devos because they're amazing. They're like daily encouragements. So anyway, welcome, Whitney. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, excited to talk about this passage. It's a really cool one. Yeah, yeah. And so for those of you who don't know, if you're not following us on Instagram, you may not know this. She actually designed the verse for us this month. And so it's kind of a, almost looks like a ribbon. Like what was your thought process behind that design? I'll be honest. I really like the shape of like when the (laughs) <laughs> that's how you know I'm not a graphic designer when the letters are like curved one way and then the other way kind of like that that flow to it so yeah. I kind of started there and then I was trying to figure out how to make that into a cohesive design and I was like oh my gosh like a banner almost like mm. a ribbon or like a banner I just thought it was just a cool idea to attach to the verse I think you might have mentioned that as well at some point but um mm. yeah just kind of this idea of like putting that banner on your wrist and over your life and being able to meditate on it as you memorize this passage. Mm, Very cool. I love it. Well, so today we're going to talk a little bit about that, the ideas in it about believing and about doubt and confidence and what, so when you think about this verse and you think about that idea of, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief, you see this like coexistence of those two ideas Tell me, how does that hit you? Yeah. Um, well, you know, something I've been thinking about a lot, even I think before you guys asked me about this verse, is just that like so much of our lives as Christians and so much of our formation as followers of Christ isn't just believing that Jesus died and was resurrected to save us from our sins. It's like believing all of the things that he says about us so that we can Mm. live full and abundant life. Mm. Um, So just kind of thinking about like when we trust Jesus, it's not just trusting that he's able, but it's trusting that he already called us good and that he's restored us to that goodness through his death and resurrection. And then, you know, how do you, how do you find encouragement in life if it's not trusting what Jesus says, um, about how much he loves us and how much he will deliver us. So um, just kind of thinking through it in that lens, I think this verse just really struck that chord of like, I believe, but I need help believing. And like, I've made you the Lord of my life, but I'm not a finished work. And I need you to continue enabling me to know you more and know you better. Because that's, Mm. that's the thing too, is like, even our ability to believe and our ability to have trust in the Lord is a gift that he gives us. Um, So just kind of that duality and that cycle and the fact that like, we're always trying to cling to what we have and also asking the Lord to continue to bring us into that completion of, of trust. Mm. um, 
I just, I love that idea. And I love that this verse almost has, you know, the freedom for that, that like you can, you can inhabit both of those, those spaces. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think, I think for me, when I think about this verse, um, I think about how unbelief comes with that idea, I think comes this idea of shame. Yeah. Um, of like, I, I, I shouldn't have unbelief, but I think what you're saying is that a, an honest uh, idea about who we are as people is that we are always coexisting with yeah. a, at least a little bit of unbelief, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, and I'm thinking about um, in my own life, there's the season where I was really struggling in college with an eating disorder. Mm. That was just kind of the the framing narrative of that experience for me. It's just this constant stress and this constant um, urge to micromanage my own circumstances to prove to everyone else that I was good enough and and worthy and um, mm. you know that there was something of beauty in me, right? And that's I think kind of at least for me. I don't want to speak for everyone, but for me, the mentality that really caused the eating disorder to kind of take hold in my life. Um, mm. And I, I just remember when I was sort of being drawn out of that and when I was starting to realize how destructive it had been and how much I was just hurting myself, um, the book that I read through was Hosea. Um, and Hosea yeah. 2.14 is like my favorite, favorite verse ever. But it basically just says, um, God will draw us out to the wilderness to speak tenderly to us. And a little bit yeah. later in the book, it talks about how God's like a lion and he tears us away. Um, and kind of just this idea that like, at first it feels too scary and it feels like God is going to be our demise, right? That he's going to take all the things we love and that he's going to destroy everything that we want. But as Mm. soon as we get out to that desert and as soon as as we've surrendered to that unknown, um, that's when we can hear God speaking tenderly and that's when we can start to believe what he says about us. Mm. Um, so just kind of taking that experience and looking at this verse it's like, I believe you, even though I'm afraid of what this might mean. Yeah. And I need you to help me continue to trust you as we start this really unknown journey into something that like none of us can really predict, right? Like we don't know what God's going to call us to and what he's going to ask of us, but we know he's going to give us the strength to do it. Hmm. Um, yeah. That's incredible. That's amazing. Um I'm amazed at how how God uses situations that are hard, I think, to draw us closer to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I think we, we like, I, at least for me, I tend to shy away from those times and see them as like a bad thing that's happening to me. Like kind of like what you said, like you just, it's like this, there's this unknown and you don't want to walk ahead with that. So how do you trust God? How do you believe God in those kinds of situations? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the question. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely just uh, life in a nutshell. But um, I think what like, I started, how did you do that yeah. with, with your eating disorder and that mm-hmm. c- scenario that you're talking about, where you just felt like God was calling you out to do something that was really scary to you? Like what enabled you to take that first step? Yeah. Well, I think, I think practically speaking, um, there is that really, yeah, again, just practical element of saying, well, I might not feel like 
my body needs food or I, I might not feel like food is the thing that is going to heal me. I feel mm. like food is the scary enemy. Um, I have to trust that God created my body to run on food and he created my body to thrive on food. And mm. so I just ultimately am going to have to pick, do I want to follow the way that the creator of my body in the universe designed it? Or do I want to just go off of what feels right to me? And I'm clearly not a terribly trustworthy source of information right now. Um, mm. I think it really kind of came down to that moment of like, okay, you can keep doing it your way, but your way is not really going that great. Um, or you can defer to a reality bigger than yourself. And at that point, I hadn't lost my faith in God, but I just think I'd let other things become so much more important. Mm. So I think that that's kind of part of it is like you need to hit that moment of decision of like, are you going to decide to throw yourself into the reality that God has set up for you because you have no other choice? Or are you yeah. going to keep trying to force your own way in this situation? And like, yeah, I think it is hard to talk to people if they haven't had to come to that crossroads, you know? Right, right. I think that I think that even now, as we're kind of going through the things that we're going through um, as a society, in some ways, I feel like that has been um, a prayer of mine for people that yeah. as we hit sort of a crisis point in terms of feeling vulnerable, that people instead of, um, you know, just freaking out or trusting in the next news source or whatever, that people would turn to the Lord and seek him for their strength and for their peace. Yes, absolutely. And I, I just always pray. So I, I think I mentioned in the last episode, my husband's a college pastor mm-hmm. and I work with high school students as well at our church. Mm-hmm. And I just find myself always just praying that the other things would grow. What's that hymn where it's like the things of earth grow strangely dim that, oh, that everything yeah. else would just grow strangely dim. And like less shiny and that it would become so clear where the idols are failing. Um, Mm. I think that that, that, yeah, that's a choice that like not all of us, I think, make super cognizantly early on in life. But I, yeah, I feel like God really did put that before me and I was able to just decide like, well, I just kind of have officially (laughs) decided that I am not trustworthy for making all of the rules of my own life. And that Mm. is then the lens through which all other decisions from this point forward flow. And obviously like that hasn't been a seamless and perfect process, but I think, yeah, just even the humility that comes from struggles like that struggles, like, you know, (laughs) COVID-19. Yeah. So there's a lot of humility that I think we need if we really are to defer to the Lord. Mm. And that, I would say one thing that I've really appreciated about, your scribble devos is that I feel like they're it's I feel like you're a safe place (laughs) (laughs) you know like I think that when you have somebody who is honest with whatever it is however they're you know like basically what you do is is take a passage of scripture and then you you kind of just talk about how you're thinking about it and what you're you're learning from it and and whatever but I always feel like it's very honest and Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that I think that this verse gives us. It gives us the ability to be honest yeah. and to say, I have, I have unbelief. Mm-hmm. And, and it tells us where to take it. It tells us to take it to the Lord. Um, so 
Just one quick question before we've got to hop off here. Um, I would love to know like how that, that struggle of like, how does that honesty come out on paper? Like, is that a scary thing for you to write and to be like, this is a struggle for me, you know? Cause I feel like very oftentimes yeah. that's a confession in your, in your scribble visit. I'm like, me too. You know, <laughs> tell me more. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, how are you, how are you overcoming it? Yeah. Um, is that scary to you though, to be honest in, in your writing? Yeah. And I mean, I think just in terms of social media in general, I try really hard to be careful and to be, you know, honest and transparent where I can be, but also to recognize that social media is not the place that we most benefit from that type of transparency and honesty. Mm. Like we still Mm -hmm. need to be talking to people and me just making like a public service announcement every day isn't necessarily doing anybody in any favors if it's just purely for the purpose of being transparent and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of the first thing I'll say, like I share a lot, but there's also stuff that I do feel like it's okay to honor is like sacred and separate. So that's something I just encourage everybody. I think there are kind of like two camps of people, right? You either share everything about your life or Mm -hmm. you're like super buttoned up and feel like you have to have this perfect persona on your Mm -hmm. feed. Um, so I think that there is a much better middle way. And just when it comes to the stuff I do share, I just think that the more we hide from each other, the less we get to see how God has worked out the truth of Mm. scripture. So Mm -hmm. it's hard to see how the story of like Jonah applies to my life. If I've never seen anybody that I know run away from a calling and then kind of crawl back tail tut or tail (laughs) tut to say, okay, God, I surrender. I know that you've cut this out for me. Like, you know, taking Mm. all those stories from the Bible and then like those people are not perfect people. Those people did a lot of things that are like pretty humiliating. Yeah. Um, You know, if we found out about a celebrity doing some of the things that like Abraham did back in the day, like Mm. we would, I mean, it would be a scandal. So I think we're so aware of that, that we don't allow our lives to be held up next to what the Bible says and be like, yeah, I, I went through something similar. And that truth that you read from all the way back in the first century or before that still applies. And I can tell you how it worked out in Mm. me. Um, Mm -hmm. So almost just feeling like my life, I wanted it to validate what God says is true. And if it could be a witness to someone else, then I want people to understand that like, it's not just another shiny, happy Christian talking about how great their life is and how prosperous they are because of God. But that prosperity doesn't mean anything if there's not, a before to the after. Do you know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. And a, in a constant, like an enduring, you know, like I think yeah. sometimes I always struggled with, um, I'm also a pastor's wife. I always mm-hmm. struggled with sharing my current struggle Yeah. instead of saying, Oh, well, this was my past struggle. And not that I, right. not that I need to share my current struggles. I think there's a difference between honesty and, and, vulnerability, like being overly vulnerable. Um, I think you're right on that count for sure. But Mm -hmm. I do need to have a person or a couple of people that I can say, but seriously though, I'm really struggling in this regard. You know, can you help me? Will you pray with me? You know, will you hold me accountable? Whatever those things are that we need to do as believers to sort of bring us along and do so honestly. I think it's so important. I think we probably should 
<laughs> done with this episode, sadly. But we will wait and talk again in episode three. In episode three, okay. we're going to talk a little bit more about practical application. But again, we're going to be hitting on this idea of unbelief and belief and honesty. So um, thank you so much, Whitney, for joining us. And we will talk to you again next time. Thank you. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.